the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr. and welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. The best way to reach us and find out what we do is go to our website at blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. My guest today has become a good friend of mine, Miss Julie Klaus. I want to say that right, Julie Klaus. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. She's the district director for the SBA. And Julie, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, I have to say. We've, we've all been on a crazy roller coaster ride the last couple of months, right? But uh-huh. um, uh, I, I, you know, I'm doing well. Um, I look back at what we've done and able to do, and, and it's been wonderful, but I know there's still a lot of work ahead of us. So, yeah. So Man, I'm. I'm, exci- I'm I'm optimistic. You're optimistic? I'm excited to dive into the subject of what we're going to do. But before I do that, Julie, I, I want people to know, who is Julie? So give me a little background on who is Julie and, and how did you become the district director of the SBA and you replaced my other good buddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had um, an interesting career with SBA, I guess. I've been with SBA for, gosh, 23 years now. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's at a point where I want to stop doing the math, but it's been a while. <laughs> uh, and I've been in three different jurisdictions. So um, Detroit is my hometown, so that's where I started with SBA as the public information officer. So uh, working for the, the Michigan District Office, and um, at that time I had my MBA, but I also decided to go back to school and get my law degree. Mm-hmm. So when I finished law school, um, I moved to Washington, D.C., as, as all lawyers do, and uh, <laughs> transferred actually with SBA and what became in-house counsel in our general counsel's office, which was really interesting. So I went from a very micro level look, grassroots, as we are in the district offices, and then going into um, the policy hub, right, the, the headquarters, mm-hmm. where we look at everything across the country, at everything at a 30,000-foot level, 
um, got to, you know, write policy, write law even, um, wow. interpret it. And I, I mean, I learned so much, I, you know, for especially being in a small agency, uh, there's not a lot of hierarchy. And so I interacted with, you know, the highest levels of, of our leadership and really learned a ton and got to see how an agency really functions, how, how appropriations work, how we interact with Congress, um, just just everything. And so I told people, like, I understand, like, how we got policies and things created. Uh-huh. And I said, don't always like the results sometimes, but I understand <laughs> the process we went through. And, um, and I said, I liken it to, you know, kind of watching sausage being made, right? You don't really want to know what goes in there, but it's probably a good end result. But um, and then uh, from there, I spent about 10 years uh, as a practicing attorney in our general mm-hmm. counsel's office and then transitioned back to the field side, first in the D.C. district office mm-hmm. and then moving out to California here when the opportunity presented itself when uh, you your friend it, huh? Mark retired. <laughs> <laughs> you jumped on it. You, you know, it's so funny, Julie, and I'm going to take a second to just share this. Back in 1995, I was elected to what they call the President's uh, Council on Small Businesses. It was Bill mm-hmm. Clinton and Al Gore. Sure. And they, br- and they brought all these small business delegates to Washington, D.C., and and we all had to come up with different kinds of, you know, ideas for Congress. And they were going to take the top 50 and give them to Congress, right? And mm-hmm. I had this thing, and let me see if I remember this correctly, because, you know, I'm getting a little older there. Uh, I was the chamber president in 1990, and there was situations to where Congress allocated X amount of dollars to the SBA, and by June and July, or definitely by August, all that money was gone. And I forget how that worked, but there were small, big small businesses like Apple, you know, was a small business under the definition of SBA at that time. And so what I found out, Julie, that very small businesses in in August and September are saying, you know, man, if I could just get 50 or 100K for this season, you know, it's going to carry me through. And the money was all gone. So I actually had an initiative back then to say, well, if I understand this correctly, I don't think it's going to be wise to try to ask Congress to give the SBA more money. What I asked them to do was just earmark some for very small businesses. And henceforth, the name came Microsmall. I don't know. It was my issue. It didn't make it. My issue was 66 out of 50. It didn't do it. But the sense of it, Julie, was what we're talking about even today. We'll talk about the other things is that when the PPP plan and these other things are done, I always feel there should be some earmarking of some funds for very small or micro small businesses. What's your comment on that? Yeah, I mean, you can think of it a lot of different ways, right? Um, I always like to think of it as let's really work with these businesses, these micro businesses, whatever you want to call them, Mm -hmm. and let's make sure that they have the right tools and the right resources. Um, You know, everybody's got different ambitions, right? Some people want to grow to be the next Apple. Uh, Others are really happy staying a small business you know, because they, they, they don't maybe want to grow into the, the next big thing. But mm-hmm. no matter what that is, that's fine. But let's make sure they have the right information and resources and so that we and the right education and knowledge 
so that they can they can be as successful as they want to be. And of course, a piece of that is money, right? Everyone needs mm -hmm. financing at some point of their, mm -hmm. their business life cycle. And let's just make sure that, you know, we do have programs, whether they're earmarked for these micro businesses or not, that they, but that they have the access and the ability and the knowledge to access these programs to be successful because it's a stepping stone, right? I mean, they can start mm -hmm. with micro lending if they, if they only need 50,000 or less mm -hmm. and then progress into different programs, whether it's the 7A, which is up to $5 million, the 504 program, which is fixed asset financing. So if they want to buy like their building that they're, they're going to locate their business in or build a building, um, even in up to uh, venture capital, you know, for the, for the, the niche of firms that that works for. Um, mm -hmm. it, Cause it's not for everybody. I, mm -hmm. I get a lot of mom and pop businesses going, I want my, my VC. And I'm like, well, you might not be <laughs> the right candidate for VC money, but, <laughs> but there's lots of other options for you. Let's work on those. <laughs> well, I want to ask you a couple of questions because I know most of our listeners, you know, are probably trying to figure out like, the SBA itself, like you don't do a lot of lending, but you guarantee money through banks or, or just tell us sure. how does SBA work? Right. So we, um, I think in the eighties, as before I officially joined SBA, we stopped doing direct lending, mm -hmm. um, for the normal business activities. So now we are hundred uh, percent a loan guarantee program, which means we rely on the commercial lenders or other financing organizations to actually make the loan. And SBA is there on the back end behind the scenes guaranteeing that loan. Or in the case of microfinancing, we're providing them with extra funds so that they have more money to lend to the, the business community. Um, what that means for you as a borrower uh, in a loan guarantee is it's just an added layer of comfort. Um, uh, it lowers the risk for banks and it makes them more willing to uh, lend to businesses they might not otherwise lend to. That can include startups in some cases or conclude really young businesses who don't have a long track record uh, and can't demonstrate you know, years of profitability. So it's, it's a cushion, if you will, um, for the banks to lower their risk and make them want to lend to these businesses. Well, you know, as I said earlier, I, I want to make sure that people know how to connect with you, at least on this half, and then we'll do it again on our second half. Julie, is there a, a number, email address that can connect with you or the SBA? What would you give somebody uh, so they can connect with you? Sure. The, while we're all, you know, practicing our good social distancing right now, too, one of the best <laughs> ways to reach us is email. Uh, and that is easy to remember. It's SFO mail, so like San Francisco office mail, SFO mail at SBA.gov. Wow. And that. Say that again. That's, uh, that's SFO mail at SBA.gov. And we check that constantly and we'll be able to respond and set up an appointment or connect you with another resource, you know, whatever, whatever it is you need. Well, you know, I'm going to dive into the second half. I'm, I'm personally an SBDC advisor myself, so I want people to know about SBDC advisors, but I also want to talk about SCORE and some of the other folks that you do. So we're going to pick that up on the second half. Thank you, Julie, for being on this first half. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections.
Join the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce and watch your business grow. Participate in mixers, webinars, and training workshops to help start, finance, and grow your business. All with the help of the Chamber's certified Small Business Development Center's consultants for free. That's right. Sign up for one-on-one help from a certified Small Business Development Expert Advisor for free. Call 408-288-8806 or visit blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Bay Area residents, we need your help. The coronavirus has affected everyone, and that includes Silicon Valley. Nonprofits that help small businesses like our Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce are in dire need of support. Your support helps us support and assist small businesses with workshop webinars and even one-on-one technical training for free. Please give, whether it's your time, your volunteer expertise, or donations. Go to blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com and see how we help Bay Area communities. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr., brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. Welcome back. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. I'm your host, Carl Davis Jr., and my guest today is Julie Kloss. She's the District Director of the SBA. And Julie, you were sharing some things with us about how the SBA worked, how the SBA worked, and I mentioned the fact that I was an SBDC advisor. So, you know, kind of share some relationships or partnering that the SBA does and why it's important to our community. Sure. No, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because um, I actually started my whole SBA career, if you will, <laughs> with the SBDC in Michigan. So fond mm-hmm. place in my heart. And I also, I truly believe that the, the free, yes, free business advising uh, that we offer to people is one of the most invaluable things that SBA can provide. Did so you say free? Partners, free. Free to the client. Free. Free to the client, yes. <laughs> you, you do get paid behind the scenes, but not by the client. <laughs> so, <laughs> but this is, it's a, there's a lot of different partners that we have. Um, our small business development centers, we have SCORE, we have women's business centers, and we even have a veteran business outreach center here in Northern California. So all of these resources provide free business advisors, and you can go once, you can go 100 times, the choice is yours, you can mix and match, you can use more than one program. Uh, but what's great about it is no matter where you are in your business life cycle, from startup to 20 years and looking for the next you know, growth uh, or right now, when we're in a really scary and confusing um, time, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's really great to sit down and talk to someone and say, help me with this, or my business is here today, and I want to be over here. Help me find the path to get there. So mm-hmm. I think it's invaluable to be able to have that um, resource and they try to match you with people who have either the skill set or industry expertise or or you know what it is you're looking for out of an advisor so you can be matched mm-hmm. with somebody um, that can meet whatever your specific needs are as a business owner so you know uh, you, uh, your advice your advice is so well I mean it's it's timely and we've always said this I mean you want to try to get as much free advice as you can from people who've lived it learned it and because uh, at the end of the day, you, you're going to probably have to pay from some advice sooner or later. So you want to try to make that. Sure. You know, we have a we have a pretty active uh, SBDC uh, sort of community down here. Dennis King with the Hispanic Chamber. 
he's really been sort of leading that. Uh, and you mentioned a little bit about score. Um, I was wondering when you when you talk about these programs that the SBA or the government, I'll say, is rolling out, whether it's EIDL or the PPP or even the other ones you talked about, the 7A504, you know, or I mean, any of those programs. What do you think the relationship should be with a small business owner, SBA, and an SBDC advisor or one of your partners? How should that work? So some of the listeners will say, oh, I need to contact the chamber or get in touch with the SBDC advisor mm -hmm. first before I go and try to apply for any of these loans. Right. I mean, since both programs uh, for COVID-19 related financing, PPP and IDLE, are both open and active, if you're not certain about which or both, if they can help you, uh, if you have any questions about the application process, um, these advisors are great to reach out to because, and even, as uh, you know, our SBDC kind of created a, a, a tiger team almost, a financial yeah. team to yeah. really help businesses triage these issues. There's a hotline number and an email box. And so if you have a one-off question, you can just call it that. Or if you want to set up an appointment to have a more in-depth conversation, you can do that. But they're great because they can look at your specific needs, which is what I've always encouraged all the businesses. Um, don't just apply for PPP because it exists. You got to make mm -hmm. sure it's the right tool and it's going to benefit your business. And if yeah. you're not certain, one of these advisors can, can help you with that process as well. And then behind the scenes, we're also working um, not only with our lender community, but with our resource providers, our SBDC advisors. You know, we do weekly trainings and things. We jump on and, and help educate them and help them understand. And then they can reach out to, to me and my team if they have questions as well. Well, you know, I'm sure people have heard those acronyms, IDL, E-I-D-L, and yeah. PPP. Would you take a moment and maybe, you know, dive a little deeper in the EIDL, if that's the first one, or PPP, <laughs> sure. one you want to do, but, but we definitely want our listeners to learn more about Sure, yeah, acronym soup, right, in the government. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, for COVID-19 related financing programs, uh, we have the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, that's the IDLE program. And then we have the Paycheck Protection Program, which you've probably seen splashed all over the media. Um, they're two separate programs and follow slightly different paths, and they're for slightly different purposes. So um, PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, as the name would imply, is more narrowly focused on payroll, paycheck. The whole purpose of that program is to help provide money to small businesses so they can keep their employees employed or if they've already let them go, to be able to bring them back, keep that payroll. Um, the IDLE program, on the other hand, is a working capital loan that is direct from SBA, so no, no lender involved, um, and it is for pretty much any business operating the expense. Um, so it can cover payroll, but it can also cover all those other expenses, your vendors, uh, you know, you rent, um, other kinds of utilities. It also, one distinguishing difference is if you have, if you're someone who uses a lot of 1099 contractors as opposed to having, you know, W-2 employees, the IDLE program will let you pay for those 1099 contractors. Under the PPP program, you cannot. Um, can be, and that's because those 1099 contractors can apply for a PPP loan in their own right. So they don't want that double dip. 
So it's, when I talk about sitting down and taking a minute, itemizing your expenses and seeing what you have and what your needs are, that can maybe steer you to one program or the other. The PPP program is through our commercial lenders. And it is, it is a government-guaranteed loan. However, it's got that forgiveness component to it, right? So that's what makes it really attractive. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. On its face, it's a 1% loan uh, for a maximum maturity of up to five years, and there is a deferment on those initial payments. Um, the intent is if people use the money in the manner in which it's intended, and that's largely mm -hmm. for payroll, at least 60% of the loan proceeds on your payroll costs and no more than 40% on those uh, approved non-payroll costs, then you may have your loan forgiven. Uh, on the other hand, the EIDL program is a traditional term loan. Before you go to that, I, I, wanna, I wanna say something about that PPP because you used some numbers that had changed from before when the government first came out of it, you had to have 75% of, of the money for payroll now it's a little looser. It's 60%. So that's a better, that's a better. Now the question I want to ask you though is if I'm a person that got the PPP program early under the 75, 25 kind of concept, and mm -hmm. now that they've come out with this 60, 40, am I forgiven? I don't have to do 75, 25, or I have to stay with that one since that's the one I got in at, or would I, be able to use the more looser one, 60-40. Yep, the 60-40 uh, applies to everybody. So, okay, so, so no, no matter, matter when, when you, you apply. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, Absolutely. that's good. Okay. Well, I didn't want to stop you. Go ahead to the EI, <laughs> whatever you're going to do. I, I just had to make yeah. that point because that was that was. Yeah, no, there's, I can backtrack and talk a little bit more about some of the changes that I think are more advantageous to borrowers for PPP. But I do want to distinguish idle really quickly mm -hmm. as a term loan. Um, right now, as you're a small business owner, the interest rate is 3.75% and it's a 30 year term and we're deferring payments for 12 months. So wow. it is a term loan. You do have to pay back. There's no forgivable portion of the traditional idle loan. Um, but it does have very generous terms, you know, if you're looking for working capital. Um, partnered with that, and an enhancement, if you will, to that program as a result of the CARES Act was this idle advance. And this was um, a chunk of money up to $10,000, calculated as $1,000 per employee, up to $10,000. That portion is a forgivable loan. So that is, it has the effect of a grant. So that part does not need to be paid back. But the idle loan, the term loan, does need to be paid back. So what are you doing with nonprofits on that, on the EIDL? So nonprofits are also eligible to apply for idle. Uh, they, they follow pretty much the, the same um, processing, uh, but they have slightly, the only thing that really changes if you're a nonprofit is your interest rate. Your interest rate is 2.75% instead of 3.75%. Mm -hmm but for the most part, the rest of the terms and conditions remain the same, but nonprofits are eligible. Um, nonprofits are also eligible for PPP. However, um, by statute under PPP, you have to be a 501c3 or 501c19. Oh, uh, Idle does not have that restriction. Well, Julie, we got about 20 seconds left, and man, I, <laughs> man you, I'm just gonna have to invite you back on again. You have so much information. Uh, anything you wanted to say in the last couple seconds? 
Just remind people that both programs are open. If you're not sure what's good for you, contact us, contact one of our resource partners and let us help you with this process. Well, thank you, Julie. We've been a wonderful host, a wonderful guest, and I look forward to interviewing again. As I always tell all my listeners, stay connected. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr., brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected, Silicon Valley Business Connections.